Are you ready to go? Are you ready to party? Here we go. It's a whiskey pull Friday. We got Plucers celebrating birthdays, and I got to be honest with you, I don't want to spend another minute talking about like 49ers throwing against air or quarterbacks in OTAs. I don't, I don't want to do that today. I don't want to talk about uh, really the NBA Finals that much today. This thing looks like it might be dead on arrival, unfortunately. We'll get into it a little bit. I certainly don't want to talk about John Fisher anymore today. Enough this week out of him. Uh, we have another a-hole billionaire to get to today. But before we do any of that, I told you it was a whiskey pull Friday, and we have happy Plucers among us. Happy birthday, Michelle Haberman. She volunteered the information that she is 44 years old today. Happy 44th birthday, Michelle. This one's for you. Happy birthday. It is True Blue Fafa's birthday today as well. Don't know how old. I, I, I Look, 44 is a great jersey birthday. It's a really good number. I'm 48 myself right now. Looks good. I'm not excited about my next birthday. 49, that's not a good jersey number. True Blue Fafa, I hope you are celebrating a lovely jersey number birthday today. Don't know what it is, but happy birthday to you. Pull for you. And in late breaking news, which made me say, Jillian, go find the party hat. We're finding out Otis Bird the third. His birthday's tomorrow. That calls for a third pull right here, right now. There you go. It's not even 11.02 a.m. And we start off a Friday with three whiskey pulls, by the way, black, and to get yourself some, you'll be glad that you did. Woo, that's good stuff. Want to thank my sponsor, Ike. He is right there, of course. I want to thank our newest sponsor to the show, Uncle Boys. Boy, if you're coming to town, if you're in the inner Richmond, I want you to. If you're a good pluser, go get yourself lunch at Uncle Boys. Go get a burger. It's a delicious burger. From a true son of San Francisco who's serving it up right. It's a great to-go spot. Get your burger, head home, watch a little baseball on your couch, watch some NBA Finals come Sunday. It's going to be a good weekend here in San Francisco. we got a beautiful day outside. I mean, today's a day to conduct class by the old oak tree, if there ever was one. Um, so it is wonderful to have you here. I should probably mix in a little coffee with that uh, whiskey. As a matter of fact, I should Irish up the coffee with some whiskey. Hmm. That's not a bad idea, Damon. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Ooh. Pulling out the cork. Woo. Yeah, Friday. It's been a good week on the plus. Lots of stuff to talk about. We're out there on the internet, pissing people off, getting people riled up. It's kind of what I do. It's what we do around here. 
It is good to do it with you. Thank you so much for being here this Friday afternoon. Let's hop right in. Again, I'm, I'm tired of talking about one detestable billionaire when there's another to discuss. This one owns the San Francisco Giants in a much less victimizing an entire community story, story like uh, John Fisher's trying to do. This is about Charles Johnson rallying against a clam shack in Nantucket. This is what we're leading the show with today. This is good stuff. Uh, Alex Schultz for SF Gate says, San Francisco Giants principal owner Charles B. Johnson penned an impassioned email to a select group of ultra-wealthy allies signing off with, quote, time is of the essence. He's trying to prevent a clam shack from opening in Nantucket that would be close to the cottage that he owns yet is almost never at. The clam shack, Johnson wrote, will negatively affect my property and perhaps most of the old North Wharf properties. Now, it's been confirmed he's almost never there. Uh, Alex, in his story, says he's trying to dictate to locals what you know they, they basically should have or should need, and this is an asshole billionaire who lives in Florida who is you know never around. Never around. Uh, it's been confirmed he's almost never there. He's flexed his almighty lawyer and agreed to cover all legal costs trying to take down a tiny local business that is trying to reinvent itself after COVID. I mean, Charles Johnson... The, the worst part about this is this asshole is 90 years old and doesn't even live there. And he can't get out of other people's business to save his life. Like, this to me is as detestable as the donations he makes to unsavory political characters. This is just straight-up billionaire-flexing assholery 101. The good news is that this has gone to a board in Nantucket. And he's flexed his mighty lawyer again. He's trying to drown out a tiny local business. And in a four-person select board, responded by voting three to one in favor of granting the Clam Shack's alcohol license. And it looks like Charles Johnson might go down in flames on this one. Cheers to that. Ooh, didn't even stir it, so all that whiskey's kind of floating on top. By the way. Thank you, Mom, for the plus when you, tumbler. That's they're called. Tumblers. Here, you know what I should probably do? I should probably turn that cap around. Laces out. Logo's out. That's the way we do it. I hope when I pulled from the blackened bottle, I had logo out. We'll get back to all that when we get to Club Plus. But I love that story. Uh, defeating billionaires is something I'm into these days. Since we're talking about the Giants right here, the Giants got Logan Webb on the rubber as the Orioles are coming to the yard for a three-game series starting uh, tonight. I'm excited. I'm going to be bringing my eldest son, Jack, who is you know all of three and a half years old. Well, he's older than three and a half now. He'll be four in August. Ozzy will be two in August. Uh, I'm bringing him to the game on Sunday. I'm bringing them to the game on Sunday. The Giants, unfortunately, uh, have have fallen uh, two games backwards. They're at 500 again after dropping their last two to the Pittsburgh Pirates. But, hey, they're playing better baseball, a couple of losses. It's a long season. Um, I have a bougie crisis because the first game I ever brought Jack to when he was months old, 
He was born in August, and at the end of that year in September, it was Bruce. The first game that Jack ever attended, the first sporting event of any kind, the first Giants game that Jack ever attended was Bruce Bochy's final game as Giants manager. So at least there's a little crossover there, the greatness of the era. Um, But my son, though, we then went back last year, and he remembered it. Like, I can't even believe he remembered going to the game. He was talking about, Dad, I remember those cupcakes. And we were in a luxury box hooked up by a buddy of mine. And there were cupcakes in the luxury box next door. Jack was basically begging for those cupcakes with his big puppy dog eyes. The people next door were nice enough to give Jack a cupcake. So Jack literally thinks that going to a baseball game means he gets cupcakes in a luxury box. I got a bougie three-year-old kid here. I got to I got to start combating that. I told him about the game on Sunday. The first thing he said was cupcakes and luxury box. Oh boy. He thinks trays of cupcakes are are part of the, you know, ticket price. So, wish daddy luck on Sunday. I'm setting the over under right now at four and a half innings. I hope the over hits. I really truly do. Um I, I'm worried. I'm I'm worried about my Sunday day at the ballpark with my son, how long it's actually going to last, and I hope he doesn't go all bougie on me. Uh, The A's are opening their nine-game road trip with a pitcher who's got an ERA of 12, which is perfect because that's as many wins as the team has on the year. We spent enough time talking about them uh, this week. So let me just wrap up the A's conjecture with this. Uh, We have two minor league stories, the first being the Portland Pickles are now officially outdrawing the Oakland A's this year. The Portland Pickles are officially outdrawing the Oakland A's this year. Everyone knows that Pickle, you know, Pickles ownership cares. Cares about the community, cares about being rooted in Portland, rooted in Pickles. Uh, city of Las Vegas should should try to bring in the Pickles before they bring in the Oakland A's. You've been warned, Oakland. You've been warned. Or, excuse me, you've been warned, Las Vegas. Oakland, I've been warning you about who you've got owning your team for years now. You're finally catching up to the truth I've been speaking. It's good to have you here. Uh, One more minor league story. Giants minor league stud pitcher Kyle Harrison just got named minor league pitcher of the week. Um, He's got 61 strikeouts in 31 and a third innings this season. Don't know when we'll see him, but this is the kind of guy you want to make sure that when he gets called up, he doesn't go back. So season him. And when I think about what the Giants need, like, Starting pitching is going to be part of the conversation, but it's not there right now. Continue to get him his reps down in the minors. There's no urgency there because you just want to get him right. He seems like a real prospect coming through. Um, again, uh, thank you so much uh, to my partner, Ike Ike Shaheda, who's got uh, a, a new, I think, Ike's opening in a couple weeks. I hope to go out there and be part of that opening. The two of us are going to get together and, uh, and and what, cut some ribbon, cut some film, cut some sandwiches. I want to get in the kitchen, man. I want to make some sandwiches. Um, I, I, I will probably bring a bottle of Blackened. Why not? It sounds like a good idea to me. And uh, again, I want to officially welcome everyone to the official burger of the Damon Bruce Plus program. Uncle boys, it's on Balboa and 4th. You go ahead and get yourself a burger and tell me that wasn't a tasty burger. Support this wonderful local business. Charles Johnson, had he lived next door to him, would probably try to shut him down. Uh, Luckily, he doesn't live here. Uh, He just owns the Giants. Uh, This is a guy who's lived here in his entire life. He is local. He is a 
fabulous family business that I want you to go out and support. Let's see. I got, I, I got to take this off. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday. Let's check in on the chat real quick. Let's check it out here. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, yeah, whoa, Stacy Leo singing. You say it's your birthday. We're going to have a good time. I like that, Stacy. Thank you very much. Thanks to everyone out there. Uh, all of you are fantastic. Really, you make me want to do this show for someone other than me for a change. So I, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look, at, it's, it's, a, it's a birthday love all around. All around. Happy birthday. Otis Bird third, Michelle Haberman, True Blue Forever. Fantastic. Fantastic. Damon, you look like you had a black and night. Well, here, let me fix this. No, nah, no, nah, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get real tipsy last night. I tell you, you know what I did last night after the NBA game was over? I put on the movie Heat. I saw that was on, like, Netflix, and I haven't seen Heat in a long time. That's a good movie. It really is. I think I wanted to see it because we were talking about how Al Pacino got his 29-year-old girlfriend pregnant or they just had a kid or something. Anyways, I saw the Onion headline that said, uh, Al Pacino looks forward to watching his child grow up to be a toddler. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, skills. All kinds of birthdays today. Brad saying, what's up with the goofy hat? What, Brad, you can't recognize a birthday party hat when you see one? Come on, man. The sweet swigs, yes, we have sweet swigs. Uh, someone thinks that the shirt is awesome. There you go. That's a, that's a cool T-shirt. I like that one, too. Thank you very much. Regular Ryan, happy birthdays all around. Otis Bird, happy birthday to you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, someone's already saying, love this show. Otis, oh, my God, Otis, you're only 37 years old? You're a baby. I, I thought Otis Bird, that, uh, seriously, Otis, I thought you were older than me. I thought you were older than me. You got an old soul. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, Damon. Go ahead, hit that whiskey. Thank you very much, Mitch. You're my kind of guy. <laughs> Uncle Looney, this is going to be a good show. I mean, we, we'll do it. Uh, look at Michelle, I hope you hit some whiskey pulls yourself. Love for Uncle Boys, I like that. Rob B. watching from Philly. He's already said, look, it's 2 o'clock. I'm already three Heinekens in. Way to go, Rob B. Thank you so much for watching. Did I tell you why I love Dyke? Because he's just the kind of guy who supports people. He's a he's a collector of, of, of good souls. He always has been. I told you that my boy Ike would be thrilled to see Uncle Boys joining the family. And look at this right now. Uncle Boys. Ike, you're the best, man. You really are. You really are. Uh, Damon, throw some whiskey in the coffee. We sure did. Thank you very much. Obviously, that was a little bit birth. Uh, 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 had happened a little while ago. This is officially better than radio. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. You know, if Ray was watching today, he saw the birthday hat. I know he was unhappy. But then, as soon as he saw the whiskey bottle come out, I know that that made Ray happy. Um, NorCal Viking. How about that? Uh, Whose birthday? Michelle Haberman, True Blue Forever, and tomorrow, Otis is 37. I think we need need a True Blue Forever. Uh, 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 Clocking in uh, True Blue Forever. You're already talking about uh, we need a new John Fisher. Yeah, well, Charles Johnson is, you know, 
really, really hard uh, trying to be the new billionaire asshole of the Bay Area. Um, uh, how old are you, True Blue? You let us know. You let us know. We'll get that out there. Uh, Ike, who wants to go to Nantucket? There was an old man from Nantucket who said Charles Johnson can go fuck it. Have some clams, have some fun in the sand, and a little whiskey poured in your bucket. I just made that up. There you go. We got dirty limericks on a whiskey pull Friday. Yeah. All right. Let me catch up here. Let me catch here. Ooh, how about this? Ike. Ike's Clam Shack? I'm not going to lie, man. I love me some fried clam strips. I don't care how... um, undignified a seafood meal that really is i love flied clam strips love them absolutely love them with some tartar sauce i'm a sucker for tartar sauce i really am but i'm pro mayonnaise which i know has fallen way out of fashion uh what do we have here from norcal viking damon always wanted to know uh what's the story behind choosing your logo Godzilla kicking over Sutro Tower. It makes sense. I love it, but there has to be a story behind it. So the story behind it is when I was at KNBR, there was this awesome graphic designer. His name's Scott Bennett, and uh, he he drums for Zoo Station, and I think he's now in some uh, uh, another like violent or uh, um, Is it the Violent Femmes or the Psychedelic Furs cover band? Anyway, Scott Bennett is this super cool guy uh, who we were talking about a logo, and he's like, well, what do you like? I'm like, well, I like Sutro Tower. And he's like, so do I. And I I was like, I want to show everyone that I'm here to, like, disrupt radio. And so he's like, you know what you can't can't trademark? Silhouettes. And so we were looking at silhouettes. We stumbled upon this Godzilla silhouette. And so Godzilla kicking over Sutro was made for me, and that's where it started. That's where it started. This is really good advice. Hey, Damon from the regular Ryan, just take Jack to an A's game. He'll forget all about the bouginess real quick. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely would. Uh, go Pickles. Go Pickles. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I got a kid who's like, uh, I got a, a pinkies up Sunday at the park. Seriously, man. Like, I feel like I owe it to my kid to get bleacher tickets. Like, I owe it to my kid to sit in the last row of the upper deck so he doesn't grow up just detestable. Sorry, the one thing dad gets is good tickets. The one thing dad gets is good tickets. Uh, This is from Joseph. Joseph Klein iPad, I don't know, sent to iPad, I don't know. Uh, Living in the Northeast, I can tell you the New England area has a lot of clam shacks. Don't see why there's a demand for all too much supply. Well, apparently not in this one little Nantucket enclave. He's going to lock down clam shack, uh, uh, he's going to corner the market. And I hope he does. And what I really hope is that uh, Charles Johnson decides to sell. Uh, Ernie Chavez talking about Uncle Boys this week. Uh, what, what, uh, there is one opening in Brentwood, not this weekend, not next weekend. I think it's the weekend after. I have to double check all that. Be back on Monday. I plan on meeting Nike out there. We're going to have an awful lot of fun. Uh, somebody is weird. Uh, somebody, uh, UC Steve saying, uh, Damon, sorry, Ike's and black and don't seem like the best idea for a stomach. No, no, you can put those together. Sandwiches and whiskey. That's been working since the dawn of time. 
Uh, speaking of weird, Rodfather. <laughs> when is Weird Science Day on the Plus? We can all wear bras on our head in solidarity. Totally. We'll we'll get a Barbie doll, hook her up to a car battery, see what we get. See if Kelly LeBrock doesn't come stepping out of the, of the background. Uh, let's see here. Yes, yeah, we're quoting some Al Pacino from uh, from Heat. Because she's got a great ass. Dude, he... Here's the thing. If Al Pacino hadn't already established himself as we love Al Pacino, he can do no wrong, it would be so easy to accuse him of overacting. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it Here's the thing. After Scent of a Woman, where Al Pacino played the ooha, that guy, ooha, there's been a little bit of the ooha character in every Al Pacino performance since ooha. You can go back and check the tape, by the way. That's all true. That is all true. Uh, yeah, a lot of summer birthdays because a uh, bunch of moms and dads get busy in September. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Um, that's what that's what happened to us. We have a, we had we, you would you wouldn't think there'd be an awful lot of uh, sexual feeling around Thanksgiving, but apparently that's when Jillian and I get down. There must be something in the air when we start smelling that turkey cooking. I've already shared too much. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see. What do we got? Someone's saying, I thought Otis was 105 years old, sitting on his porch, waving at neighbor, neighbors. <laughs> no, Otis is a young man. He's younger than all of us. Younger than all of us. Do we have an actual age yet on... Uh, uh, on my man, uh, True Blue Forever. Oh, wait a minute. True Blue Forever. It's a big one. The 5 Oh, True Blue. Dude, I'll be joining you in just a couple of years. Wait for me. You wait for me. I'm going to get to 50 real soon. True Blue Forever. Happy 50th, brother. That is, that's a big number. That's officially, that's when you kind of stop have to celebrate in birthdays. My rule is you kind of stop celebrating birthdays when you can no longer double it. I hope you get to 100. I really do. I don't even know if I want to go to 100. I guess now that I have kids, as long as I won't be a burden, sure. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, you like the dirty limericks. Thank you very much, Michelle. I mean, let me just say this about Michelle. I've known Michelle for a long enough time to tell you that she is literally, like, if we had to start counting plusers and origin dates, she might be the first Going back to the fact that she would come out and see me and Gianna sitting doing shows outside of Oracle Arena. She always showed up. Uh, was just she's just been supporting me and my sandwich and my uh, I said sandwich. Um, she's been supporting my show for so many years. So Michelle, I really mean it. Happiest of birthdays to you. Happiest of birthdays to you. So there we go. Uh, wham, bam, clam. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Oh, here we go. Ike has got the date right. Uh, June 16th in Brentwood. Plusers, I'll have something extra special for you on the 15th in Brentwood. By the way, I think I know what Ike is cooking up. I think I know what Ike is cooking up. We are going to be out there with him. I'll just tell you right now, June 15th, or excuse me, June 15th is tim lincecum's birthday i don't know why that was in my calendar but it was maybe we'll have to have some uh uh, uh deliciously priced to move tim lincecum sandwiches just throwing that out there 
Just throwing that out there. Daniel Shabazz saying life begins at 50. Cool. I'm still two years away from life even beginning then. That's great news. All right. We'll get back into uh, the chat room in just a little bit. We have a couple of other things to address, though, today here on the show, starting with the fact that uh, Shannon Sharp has had it with Skip Bayless. Look, has there ever been anything about Skip Bayless that hasn't suggested working with this guy's got to be a headache? I talked to people who worked with him when he was in the Bay Area media about just what a look at me knucklehead he has always been. Um, in my opinion, there hasn't been a more negative single presence in sports media over the last 20 years than Skip Bayless. He is the worst of the worst of generation hot take. The worst. Whatever media member credibility he used to have, he has so sold that off for a bucket full of gold such a long time ago. And good for him. He's got a lot of money, and he has zero friends. And no one can stand working with him. And apparently, he is just... A, a, there's nobody who makes me change the TV faster than Skip Bayless. By the way, I did think about this. The other, the, My top three, I'm going to change the TV quick, guys, are Skip Bayless. Number two is the guy who hosts Carnival Eats. I hate that show. I hate that guy. And um, anything that is Coco Melon related, as soon as there's even a hint of Coco Melon in the air, I come running into the room to change it because I don't need my kids regressing to uh, to any Coco Meloning. I, I just I can't have that. I will not have that. Drew Down says, uh, Damon, uh, Shannon Sharp is whack too. See, I, I don't mind Shannon. I really don't. By the way, I'll answer this question right ahead. Uh, Michelle Haberman, no relation to Guy Haberman. But a couple of good Habermans, they both are. Uh, nobody wants to work with Skip Bayless because he's just a so control. Here's the thing. He controls the entirety of the show and doesn't want to work with anyone who will actually challenge him. So the king of embrace debate doesn't want a legitimate debate because if he had one, he'd be blown off the set with every single debate. Um, if I were up there with Skip Bayless, he wouldn't last for five minutes. So I don't think I'm going to be getting that job. Like I told you today, we were going to be emptying the entire plate. We'll get to game one of the NBA Finals in a second, but the single biggest play of the NFL season's already been made, and it wasn't an OTAs. It was beyond. It was uh, uh, at the Encore at a Vegas pool. Did you see this story this week? I, I, I didn't even have a chance to get to it this week. Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris helped save the life of a drowning kid. He was at the Encore in Las Vegas, reports ESPN, with his family when he saw a young boy drowning in the hotel pool. According to Morris's wife, who posted all about the situation on her Instagram page, a three-year-old boy got pulled out of the pool with no pulse, and he was taken out of the pool by his father, who then runs the boy over to the lifeguard. The lifeguard starts performing CPR compressions. And Raheem Morris, who the NFL has so schooled up its coaches and staff about responding to medical emergencies, everything Raheem Morris knew about CPR just kicked right in. And he asked quickly, where is the AED? 
the AED is the automatic external defibrillator, which Morris then ran to get when he got back. We had a doctor on site that was able to start the compressions. I was able to hand the AED to him, get it open for him. I put the pads on the child, and the kid ended up being okay. There you go. Some NFL practice training coming in huge at the Encore in Las Vegas. Raheem Morris, NFL play of the year. And we haven't even gotten to the preseason. Congratulations. What a wonderful story. Wonderful story. Uh, Bad news, though, for the Miami Heat. Man, did they look outmatched in game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, let, let me just show you how bad sports talk radio is these days. Turn off the show that has any any conversation today about rust versus rest. Rust versus rest. Again, had Miami won, it would have been because Denver was rusty. But because Denver won, oh, look how well-rested they were. Turn off your radios. Turn on the plus. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Miami has not won in Denver since 2016, and they ain't going to win game two either. Game two is coming up on Sunday, and they just can't hang with this Denver team. Denver's too big. Denver's too well put together. Denver's too balanced. And look, you know, all of those open buckets that Miami hit, they certainly didn't hit in game one. Uh, Jimmy Butler was just 13, 13 points on 14 shots. Dude, first, Jimmy, you got to be taking 14 shots and a half. You got to take 30 shots a game, dude. I know you're trying to get people involved, but when you're kicking out to Max Struess for another missed corner three, you got to button that up and take it to the rack yourself. And he even said so. He's like, I got to get more aggressive. And the fact that there were only two free throws for the Heat, that, that's a little ridiculous. We'll get into that in just a second. Um, Jokic played about a B plus game. I mean, that's why, that's why Miami, I think is in trouble. Jokic played a B plus game. wasn't even great. And he still dominated with a triple double. He had 27 points, 10 rebounds and 14 assists. And he wasn't even great. He's just Jokic and Bam Adebayo. You know what? He actually played a good game. He probably had the best game of anyone wearing a Miami heat uniform, but Jokic still just totally outmatched him. He gets anything he wants on the floor. Um, Caleb Martin and Max Struess were a combined one for 17. I don't think there was a moment in that game last night where Denver hit three shots in a row on three straight possessions. I don't think it happened. So it was uh, it was a game that if it weren't an NBA Finals game would have been turned off by most of the world at halftime, I think. Certainly most of the world by mid-third quarter. I'm just a glutton for what little basketball we have left. I watched the whole damn thing. It was not a good basketball game. I hope we get a good basketball game. Nuggets in five. Look, might have been generous based on what we saw last night. The Heat do have one thing to complain about, though. Two free throws for the Heat last night, and I would see why Miami would be upset about that because that is now the new record for the fewest free throws in NBA playoff history. So the fork in the road of that statement really only travels in two directions. Number one, the Denver Nuggets either played the cleanest postseason game ever played while Miami was settling for jumpers, and Miami said we settled for too many jumpers, or the refs just missed a ton of calls. Like, I'm pretty comfortable going with option two there as well. 
That's a clown show. From an officiating standpoint, that is a clown show. The fewest fouls in the history of postseason basketball committed by the Denver Nuggets. That's fishy. That's so fishy that Charles Johnson is probably trying to sue it to get it closed down. See, that's a callback to the clam strip joke earlier in the day. Miami got to the NBA Finals by hitting open looks. They missed their open looks, and the I mean, the only thing they hit last night was the showers after they lost. They were just bad. A uh, couple of other NBA notes before we move on to one or two other things before we get into Club Blues. Um, saw this stat, and I have to bring it up because I went to Pat Riley's high school. I went to Linton High School, which since has become Schenectady High School, uh, but I went to the high school that Pat Riley went to. Pat Riley is from Schenectady, New York. As a matter of fact, he took my buddy Mike Rochette's mom to prom. I, I don't know if she gave it up. But anyway... <laughs> Here's no other show in America had. I don't know if my high school buddy's mom banged Pat Riley at the senior prom, but they did go together. I bet you Pat put on the full court press. Pat usually gets what he wants. Pat Riley has now been involved in 25% of all NBA finals ever contested. I saw that stat come across the my Twitter timeline. ESPN, I think, shared that one. 19 different times Pat Riley has been involved in the NBA Finals. Three times as a player, 10 times as a coach, and now six times as an executive. That's impressive. A quarter of all NBA Finals in the history of the NBA, Pat Riley's been involved in a fourth of them. That's amazing. Uh, Real quick, we have... The all-time embarrassing lists to now update in basketball, thanks to Denver just reaching the NBA Finals. Our list of franchises that have never played in the NBA Finals officially now shrinks to just five. Only five teams have never played in the NBA Finals. The Clippers, the Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. Just five. If you want to say, Damon, what about the Oklahoma City Thunder? They are still attached to the Seattle Sonics history. They took the Seattle Sonics history with them to Oklahoma City. So technically, that franchise, because the Sonics won it all in 79, has been to the NBA Finals and won an NBA Finals, which is why they aren't on this list that Denver is three games away from removing itself from. If Denver wins the NBA Finals, let me amend that. When Denver wins the NBA Finals, we'll be down to only 10 franchises that have never won a title. The Clippers, the Nets, the Hornets, the Pacers, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Magic, the Suns, and the Jazz. Just the 10 of those. By the way, I'd like to point out that Kevin Durant is involved in two of those franchises. I don't think Kevin Durant's ever going to win an NBA title without Steph Curry leading him. But, again, that is how you go down a path of something you didn't even want to talk about. 
and I don't want to talk about that today either. Um, the AMP playlist that I had for a little pregame last night, it was Hot Fire. I was requested by uh, New Era, Rockin' New Era 84. Uh, can you share that playlist? As always, my AMP playlist starts with How to Kill a Radio Consultant by Public Enemy. It always ends with the Tweezer reprise by Fish. Came out with a monster from uh, Alpine Valley uh, last night. Um, that was a, uh, a, a January 8th, 2000. It's a big, chunky monster tweezer reprise. Uh, came out with uh, Jimmy Jams by the Beastie Boys, Jimmy Mack by Martha and the Vandellas, Give It Up, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Legalize It by Peter Tosh was on the playlist because Colorado was one of the first states to legalize marijuana. Um, uh, and again, the Jimmy was tributes to Jimmy Butler. We had Let's Groove tonight and After the Love is Gone by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Neither of these cities have a great musical history really attached to them. Like, this is about as bad a musical matchup we could have in the NBA Finals. Um, so Casey and the Sunshine Band from Miami, Miami Sound Machine, a uh, few other names. Uh, um, um, you know, we, uh, Betty Betty Wright, she's out there. Clean Up Woman, already played that. Um, Gotta Give It Up by Marvin Gaye, because we had the news about Monty Williams getting the big deal with Detroit, so we did get a Motown song in there. Uh, Gotta Give It Up by Marvin Gaye is one of the greatest songs ever recorded. But Patrick Bailey was born in Denver. So that's why we played a little Earth, Wind, and Fire. And that was the playlist last night. It was only an hour-long show, but it was hot fire. Thank you for joining me if you chose to. It was good to have you there. John Morant. Ooh, Adam Silver is saving his hammer until after the NBA Finals, but it looks like we are going to get some... Ja is in serious trouble news as soon as the finals wraps up. Story <clears throat> on ESPN quoted Adam Silver saying, and this is bad news, If well, depending on what additional information he has found, the quote is, we've uncovered a fair amount of additional information, and I think since I was first at, <clears throat> I will, uh, hear what Silver said, I will say we probably could have brought it to a head by now, but we made the decision, and I believe the Players Association agrees with us, that it would be an unfair to the players and the teams in the middle of a series to announce the results of that investigation. In other words, we got more dirt on John Morant. He's in a lot of fucking trouble, but we're not going to talk about it until the NBA Finals is over because you don't want other news other than the NBA Finals are great, dominating headlines for basketball while the NBA Finals is going on. So at least Adam Silver got that right. Why he so disclose that to the media to me that's your first mistake adam just keep that information to yourself say investigation still ongoing we'll talk after the finals john morant right now again this is an a young man who had an opportunity to be the face of the nba but he's decided for whatever reason to become the face of a stereotype of what a Southern racist would say an entitled young black man in the NBA might be. I mean, John Morant is literally running the I'm a fake studio gangster playbook right on Instagram. He's a walking stereotype. And shame on him for doing that. Seriously. Uh, he got an eight-game suspension the first time around. If the fair amount of additional information that Adam Silver has is bad, 
Dude, John Morant could be facing a monster suspension. So there's something to keep an eye on. I want to wrap up with this today. Before we get into Club Plus anyways. And today's a day where the plus means more than sports. That's why I didn't settle on Damon Bruce Sports. Because this is going to be more than just sports. This is where the plus officially comes in. Because it is commencement speech season. A lot of graduations going on. A lot of smart, intelligent people, funny people, entertaining people are getting up and giving commencement speeches on campuses all over the country in just the last few weeks and in the coming weeks ahead. The commencement speech winner that I've seen so far might be comedian Patton Oswalt, who was talking to the graduating class at William & Mary last week. And here is a portion of his commencement speech. This is fantastic. To the graduating class of 2023, I say three words. You poor bastards. Democracy's crumbling, truth is up for grabs, the planet's trying to kill us, and loneliness is driving everyone insane. I breezed into a world full of trivia and silliness and fun. You're about to enter a hellscape where you'll have to fight for every scrap of your humanity and dignity. You don't even have a choice to be anything but extraordinary. Those are the times you're living in right now. It's been truly amazing to see how your generation has rebelled against every bad habit of mine and every generation that came before me. Everything that we let calcify, you have kicked against and demolished. You've rejected the whole 24-7, no days off grind. You've rejected apathy. You've rejected ignoring your mental health because you've got to muscle through it no matter what. You've rejected alienation and cruelty. You've rejected not trying to include everyone. And you've rejected not looking out for each other. So... The generation that's coming, and this is me now, not Patton, there's a lot about them that is almost unidentifiable in terms of work ethic, grit, grind, bite your bottom lip, suck it up, buttercup. But in a way, that is admirable. But if you take it too far, it becomes a weakness, not a strength. And the argument that that generation is taking it too far is being made by a lot of people right now, and they might not be wrong. I do believe that you should take care of your mental health. Health. I also truly do believe that you should try as hard as possible to not be the biggest pussy at all times. You just shouldn't. You shouldn't. You can't. This whole I'm a constant victim of the world around me needs to stop. And if you come here to the Plus for some good advice, I'll be giving it to you. You can take it or leave it. It's free. But, you know, hit that like button and subscribe. Patton Oswalt wrapped up a really good commencement speech by saying, all of the things that you reject are hard things to reject because accepting them sometimes makes life way easier. If you just shut yourself off from the world, life is easier. It's also way less colorful, way less complicated, way less nourishing, and way less memorable. So go out there, be yourself, 
be who you are, be happy. Uh, why don't you this weekend come to one of the great, most diverse, wonderful cities in the entire world, San Francisco, and have a really good time. All the stories about how San Francisco is in this full hellscape level of decline are just nonsense. The same problems that every other major city has are here, and a few of them echo a bit louder here than maybe in other cities. But here is the absolute truth. I saw this in a story written by Ari Paul, and I don't want to get into all of it. Maybe we'll have this for next week. But remember... When you hear that, you know, everything, everyone in San Francisco is dying of dying of bad overdoses. Um, data shows that the highest rates of drug overdose deaths are in West Virginia, Tennessee, Louisiana and Kentucky, with California being far behind. The U.S. Department of Agriculture shows that the highest poverty states are Louisiana, West Virginia, New Mexico and Mississippi, Mississippi. The most dangerous cities in America Forbes list is New Orleans, Detroit, St. Louis, and Memphis with Mobile, Mobile and Birmingham, Alabama on that list as well, but not San Francisco. Now, San Francisco, Oakland does appear on the list of cities with the highest homelessness rates, but seven cities are above San Francisco, and those cities include New York, L.A., and Las Vegas. So I just want to remind you, that writing a story about how bad San Francisco is gets a ton of clicks, especially from people sitting in red states who want to say, well, that's because of your progress, that's because of your diversity, that's because of your inclusion, that's because you let homeless people and druggies and queers roam your streets unabashedly. You know, I mean, that's what people like to say is happening. It ain't true. It just isn't true. If it's a beautiful weekend, spend a little time in Golden Gate Park. Go ahead to the carousel, which I think charges just $2 a ride. It's like one of the greatest values in entertaining a kid in the state of California. Go to Chrissy Field. Have yourself a walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. It's one of the most beautiful walks in the world, and it's free. Sure, there's plenty wrong, but the list of things that are right with my chosen hometown are longer than the list of things that are wrong. Never forget that. Please never forget that. All right. I think it's time we have another whiskey pull or two. I think it's time we go ahead. We plug in the disco ball. I think it's time we get ready for a little club plus, but if you were listening today on the podcast, I say thank you so very much We'll have more for you starting 11 a.m. Monday next week right here on the Damon Bruce Show on Damon Bruce Plus. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.